Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. As a leader, engaging your employees is all about listening. Set up tools for employees to safely and anonymously give feedback without repercussion. When you build a culture of listening, you can easily tune into negatives, take action, and turn them into positives. By doing this, you'll find that the disengaged employees you've maybe lost hope in can quickly become your strongest positive influencers. The takeaway here, your employees will tell you everything you need to do to improve your culture, so make listening a priority. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison. Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a Startup Foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, 
Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. It is my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Edwin Frondozo, the co-founder and CMO of Slingshot VoIP and host of the popular online event, Hashtag Startup Chats. Edwin is a passionate supporter of entrepreneurs entrepreneurships and SMEs and helps them grow and scale in the cloud by enabling them with simple tools to communicate. He's an avid runner. He has participated and finished. I love that fact. It's finished in both Toronto and New York City marathons. He has his sights on the Chicago Marathon in 2017. And when he is not running, he is working on mastering the handstand or bonding with his new family edition, Baby G. Jade, and it's going to be hard for me not to have him talk about Jade, the entire conversation we're about to have. She is amazing. And today we're talking to Edwin about how to bootstrap a cloud-based business and adapting to the changing environment of business communications. And we'll also learn how to balance daily parenting life by running. Edwin, my great friend, welcome to the show. Hey, Rivers. Thanks for having me. Like you said, I'm super, super excited to be on on the podcast. Oh, and you know, uh, I've, I've had the privilege of being a guest on the startup chats, which you run so wonderfully and have got literally a reach that's around the planet 18 times for what it is that you're doing. And you, you run a great show with that. And uh, the two of us are brothers in arms and, and uh, spreading the good word about, uh, about um, startups and entrepreneurship and so on. And by the way, you do not become an avid runner until you actually done three marathons. I have done three so at that point you're going to be able to be an avid runner right now you're just a runner okay so uh, i'll have to mention that to the script writers you get that word avid out of there because it doesn't qualify i well, just before i definitely agree i always told anyone and everyone i talk to if you're going to try something you have to try it three times otherwise you didn't give it a chance nice. so nice. i i agree i agree with you about doing three marathons What's, so let me ask you what one so far was the most fun for you toronto or new york oh because they were the first two since you've done three marathons the first marathon is very emotional mm. and, and it was and it was in toronto so it's not only your training ground it's also a lot of support people you train with you run with New York, on the other hand, uh, my business partner lives in New York. So uh, quick story, 2011, I was out there. I, I, I went out there a lot more before when we were first launching and everything. But in 2011, I'm like, hey, I'm a runner. I'm going to volunteer. So I volunteered for the marathon, New York Marathon. I was in Queens. Uh, and I just watched all these runners come through. And I'm meeting so many people. By the way, I saw Mark Messier running that time. He didn't get the water from me. He got the water from the guy beside me. But <laughs> cool. It was, That's cool. It was it was super amazing to do. And I was meeting people who volunteered and they're like, yeah, you could still try to get in or for next year. So I got in. How would you get in? Did but, you win the lotto? Is that how you got in? Oh, I didn't win the lotto. So I got in. I do the lotto. So the way New York is, for those who are don't know any, but the it's the biggest marathon in the world. It's over 50,000 people running the marathon. So the only way to get in is if you qualify or you put in some money to, to get a ticket in a lottery system. And unfortunately, knowing my luck, I did not get in. So I had my hopes drained down. But then early the spring of 2012, I get an email saying, and in the title, 
you could still run the New York Marathon. So I'm like, oh, I can? <laughs> so I opened it, and it was like, join a charity and raise mm. money. And then all I did, I don't know what I did and why I did it. I said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to raise money. So I raised over $3,000 that year to run the marathon. But having said that, as I was flying to New York that year, it was Hurricane Katrina. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I trained one whole year to get there to find out on the Friday when I was doing a training run, one of my last training runs before the marathon. My buddy, I got back, and my buddy's like, yeah, they canceled the marathon. First time in history. I'm like, what? You made history. <laughs> they did that. And uh, I don't know if this happened to you, Rivers, training. If you train for a marathon and all of a sudden it's gone, I, you go through a crazy emotional roller coaster. And being in New York, I knew a lot of people who were really, really disappointed. There's a lot of people who travel to New York. This is their, this is their circled race. Yes. But then I'm staying, I'm staying with friends and I'm hearing about friends and family of friends or friends of family who were really affected by it. And so it, it, I really got over it real quickly about the disappointment because that's definitely a first world problem. We're yes, <laughs> missing a race, yes. missing a race versus having, having the problem. So just to quickly close it off, I, I was accepted in the next year because it got canceled. So I literally for the New York marathon, I trained for two years. <laughs> so that was very emotional that way as well. Yeah, that's great stuff. And this has been the marathon with Edwin podcast show. <laughs> I know that's, I can talk. You brought up running. I, yeah, I, I can talk. Forever. <laughs> well, let's get on to another uh, marathon that you're on. Uh, welcome to fatherhood and, and uh, Jade. And uh, how are you, how are you doing the balancing act? Like I know you're passionate about your daughter. And so it's not, it's not, that you don't have passion, but you're also passionate about business. You're also passionate about contribution. You're also passionate about running. How do you do the life balance? Oh man, it's uh, thank thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, father. First off, fatherhood definitely been awesome. It's one of my best experiences mm. I'm going through right now. Um, but balancing has been definitely a different change and a shift, a phase shift in my mind because. Before having a child, and I'm sure you could appreciate this, Rivers, I have, I've, I've had my evenings and, and weekends, for example, to do work or to do stuff and say, you know what, I could, I could probably put in an hour just to catch up on something or do that. And that, that was probably the, the hardest part of change in terms of, in terms of that. But finding balance is, I would say I'm a student of time management. I've, mm. been, I've been trying to work on time management for a long time because as soon as you could definitely master your time, you could get more efficient and get focused on things and, and really try not to get emotional on things and just, just get things done. So that, that's, it's been my, uh, I guess my passion of time management is, is how I try to find the balance. Yeah, very cool. And you're, I'm sure you're always a, a student in that regard too, right? Oh, 100%. I, I listen to podcasts, obviously. I do a lot of readings. And if I could pick up a new tip here and there, I would I would, I would find that time that I took to study or to read very, uh, very good because I'm learning something and I could fine tune what I'm doing right now or how I could change it. And I'm always open to new, to new ideas, right? Brilliant, man. Love it. Love it. So tell us about, uh, about you. I know a lot about you, but of course, uh, the national audience doesn't know all about you. Um, I want to hear about you in particular, though, your entrepreneurial journey and, you know, uh, why did you co-found Slingshot? Yeah, great question. 
I mean, I'd like to say my entrepreneurial journey is still still going, but uh, I've been I've been self-employed an entrepreneur for over ten years now, and how Slingshot came about was, long story short, I mean, out of university, I went to work for a, a giants. I went to work for Northern Telecom, aka Nortel. Nice. So. Telecommunications is sort of in my blood, and my and and I'm very passionate about the Canadian intellectual property, all the smarts that we've we've contributed to to the world of telecommunications around the world. But fast forward to 2005 or 2004, I was working at IBM and doing sales, and I left for an opportunity to work for a small telecom consulting house, um, and the owners really saw that I had some type of entrepreneurial drive. So they made me build a part of their business. And I was able to not only build some of their business, but I also sold their first voice over IP products. Like they had no idea how to sell it, but I sold nice. it. Nice. And I'm like, and I'm like, hey, this, there's something going on here. And and I came across some of the open source voice over IP technologies that were out there. And and I talked to my friend. I said, you know what, there's something here. Let's we should we should discover this. So that's sort of how Slingshot came about. I mean, we started off thinking that we were going to sell hardware like a Nortel, but it sort of evolved into becoming a telecom network itself. Well, let's talk about uh, the solution, uh, the the value proposition for entrepreneurs that Slingshot provides and how does it how is it supporting entrepreneurs and and uh, and and kind of melted into there you know why should uh, entrepreneurs particularly those on this uh, podcast even uh, take a look at you guys as a partner to start and grow their business it's your time to shine my friend as the cmo i like that i like that well for one thing we built slingshot in our infrastructure with the small medium-sized business in mind, um, before we did launch Slingshot, as I mentioned, we were doing hardware vending and we were trying to create a hardware and we sold boxes, but we were really listening to the clients. And the number one complaints was usually typically about their provider, how A, not only were they were too expensive, B, they didn't really know what they wanted. And lastly, C, as any entrepreneur knows, if you're with a provider and you're too busy anyways, you're probably going to stick with them whether how much they're costing because the, the, the value or the cost to move off them might be very, it, it might be very expensive. A, you don't have the expertise to switch. So how we help entrepreneurs is we're providing, an, we're providing an enterprise solution, everything from not only hosting your phone numbers, but from virtual office situations. If you're a growing company and you have people who want to work from home, we tie everyone together. That way uh, we provide department situations. So if, if you have a sales team and you want to connect them all into the same, whether in the same office or not, we do that all very simply for the startup or small business owner. And a lot of our plans start at $9 a month and you could get up and running within five minutes. Um, if you were to call your local provider, it will not take five minutes for you to get a phone number up and running within your office. Mm. So we're trying to ease the pain of getting up and running and also switching providers as well. So would you, uh, would you regard flexibility as one of your key differentiators? hundred percent flexibility. As much as a lot of, uh, a lot of solution vendors out there try to try to group small businesses together. Like this is the one size fits mm-hmm. all. 
every business is different mm-hmm. and every business has a different need. So having the flexibility and the way we built our, our network and our infrastructure and uh, not to mention, we built it from the bottom up. Like we developed this from the ground up. Like we're not reselling any hardware, or any solution. We did this from the ground up and, and it all started from listening to our customers. And, and from ground up, yeah, I understand you bootstrapped um, your business also. Is that true? Hundred percent, yeah, right? I love it. What I say is that true because sometimes there's been a question on the script that I asked the question. They say, "How did you find out that?" That's not me. <laughs> it's true. That was the other guy. Yeah, that was the other guy. Oh my god, uh, it was fun when that happened. So yeah, you bootstrapped it, and you know, I, I always am interested in talking to the entrepreneur that bootstrapped. And can you talk about you know the struggles that you faced bootstrapping? strapping it and uh, and how did you overcome them and i know i know there were other struggles that you went through you're an entrepreneur you're not exempt from those uh, from those struggles and those challenges but uh you know people are very much in tune these days i gotta go get funding i gotta start with funding you didn't do that you uh, you bootstrapped it within your own resources can you talk about that journey particularly in the first uh, first year you're a 10 year old company but that first year can you give us some some challenges that you face and how you overcame them yeah, I mean, the, the show, where do I begin? I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I would I would say the the biggest struggles we had at the time, um, and we're talking about two thousand six, really two thousand seven. I mean, I w- I've been self employed for more than eleven years, but when when the concept of slingshot came was around two thousand six or seven, right. and uh, this is well before cloud was a term mm. or SaaS mm. software as a service. So. If, just to put into perspective, if you were to do something like we did, or if you want to be, become a sales force, or you want to create Twitter right now, you could go to AWS, Amazon Web Services, or you could go to Microsoft Azure, and you could get access to all the service space that you need and pay as you go, pay, pay what you need. We didn't have that. We had to actually build servers. <laughs> we had to get internet connections. We had to, we had to become our own hosting company, which is not even our own business plan. It's not even our own business model. <laughs> so <laughs> not, not only are we creating a, a telecom service, we're also trying to figure out, oh, how do we stay reliable and, and create this thing? So I, I would say that was probably our biggest challenge because companies today, 2016, there's so many companies that grew through a cloud or a SaaS model because it was easier for that entrepreneur to get, oh, you know what? I need a service space. It's going to cost me 50 bucks a month. That's great. Mm. Next problem. Mm. Like <laughs> they're already on the next mm. problem. So that problem was a long time to solve. So that, that was probably our biggest struggle. Yeah, good for you. And I, you know, I was talking to somebody, uh, one of my guests and he, he started his business business in the eighties and, um, around the time that actually I was graduating from uh, university for the first time around and, and, uh, just, you know, we're just, we're just laughing at how advanced we thought we were then and what it is we're doing and now how archaic it is. So you, yeah, you laugh back on it, but but it was very advanced to do what you were doing. And talk about advanced, um, you are an expert Toastmaster. And I believe that uh, for all kinds of uh, reasons. One is I've seen you in action, and you're also a daily vlogger. How has that kind of helped you become a better entrepreneur? Well, 
I would never say I'm an expert uh, public speaker, <laughs> but uh, definitely working working on my public speaking game. And Toastmasters has been giving me that opportunity to. Um, I, I I always say this. Uh, I always say this in my in my club is Toastmasters is like the gym for speaking. Mm. You're in the safe place and you get to exercise your 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 talking muscle. Mm. So it's it's something that I pride myself in terms of trying to get better at because ultimately as an entrepreneur, the longer you are as an entrepreneur, the more you realize that communications is the key to everything, um, to becoming a better salesperson, to be getting a better leader, to getting people to do what you want to do. It's really being able to be direct and not trying to go, just getting the right words out. So I think it's, it's helping me get better like that. Vlogging itself, it's sort of a project I started to put my practice in, on, a, on, a, on a daily um, workbench, so to say, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting more comfortable putting myself into the public eye. Uh, I'm getting more honest into that type of space and really putting yourself into this vulnerable situation. So I think um, with the way the internet and society is coming, it seems as entrepreneurs, I could be 100% wrong, but it seems that entrepreneurs who are 100% transparent or sharing their lives with the world, not only, not only are more successful, but I think they grow as a person as well because you're, you're just letting things out. So it's, it's sort of meditative that way. Well, the other part that, you uh, I mean, and it's not, it's, yes, you're trying to make, you know, influence, have impact and so on, but I can, uh, you know, somebody came up to me, uh, at a Chris, uh, you can, you can take that out too, sip Christmas party. <laughs> Someone came up to me uh, the other day and, uh, you know, they said, you know, I don't know what you're doing. And, but keep doing it uh, because you're making a difference in, in people's lives. And so, uh, yeah, I agree. It's It may seem like vulnerability and uh, putting yourself out there, but I think on the other side is that there's a, is, is the, it's very important that you do continue to do it because of the, the, uh, the unsung heroes and so on that never, that you're never going to hear from. You're actually making an impact on, and um, I know that they're out there for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. So let's kind of talk about communications for, for entrepreneurs. Is there one thing that that uh, you would recommend that entrepreneurs do today to become better communicators? And I'm not talking technical. I'm talking, um, I'm talking them as an, as an individual. Oh, 100%. I'm a, I'm a flag bearer of Toastmasters. I would tell 
I would tell any entrepreneur that's listening out there and you're thinking about becoming a better communicator, becoming becoming a better public speaker, Toastmasters is 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 probably the best money spent because it's literally like 10 bucks a month. But ultimately, what it trains you for, it's it's not the cost that you're pulling out of your pocket. It's actually what you put into Toastmasters. And that's same thing that goes with life and within your business. You're only going to get back what you put into it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, I, I, I love the Toastmaster program in that sense. It becomes a communicator. It's, what, it really teaches you new things. What is, so what else have you taken from your Toastmasters experience, obviously, be, besides becoming a, a better community? Are there any other skills, experiences, adventures, uh, uh, value adds that Toastmaster has brought to, to your life, as uh, uh, whether it's your personal life or your professional life? Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing outside of finding some good friendships in, within this, uh, what came along with becoming joining a Toastmasters is you're in this environment, and as an entrepreneur, you want to be within an entrepreneur community, people who understand what you're going through, who you could relate, who you could bounce things off. As a public speaker or someone learning it, you're around a room who everyone there, whether an entrepreneur someone in marketing, uh, we have someone who's in accounting, but their number one goal is to become a better communicator. Mm. So now you have this peer, this peer group that you're, gr- you, you're growing together. And I find that amazing energy to be around, around people that you're all growing together and learning together and, and friendships really come out of it. So, I mean, that, that that's probably a value added more. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. With a singular focus, it's, it's your tribe and you're all trying to achieve the same things for the members of the tribe. I love it. So how, let's get back to business communications. Um, the world that you hang out with on a, on a regular basis, you know, uh, we talked about where you started, uh, but how's it how's it changing today? And you know, with technology the way it is, what what's the uh, what's what's uh, Edwin's crystal ball telling us as to where we're going to the next five years? Oh my gosh! If if I had the right answer, I may not even share it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid but, question, uh, isn't it? Where are we going? <laughs> well, I'll tell you where we're going. <laughs> I'll tell you maybe, but uh, oh. <laughs> You're 100% right. I, I see. I, I sit in communications. That's where I live and breathe. Funny enough, we were just talking about Toastmasters, but it's also the technology and the systems that we provide. But it's changed so much, even from the day I started working at Norto, which was, believe it or not, in the late 90s. But, uh, but I mean, really, there's no longer the days of voicemail. I don't even have voicemail on mm. my cell phone mm. anymore. Like I turned that off like four or five years ago, believe it or not, because I never wanted to check mm-hmm. it. So, And then we have the rise of instant messaging, text messaging. You have video communications. Everything is changing. And not only that, uh, I, I was just in a conversation recently about this, Rivers. You have millennials coming into their workforce. And if you ask a millennial that's probably the first time they saw a desk phone. Mm-hmm. Their parents may not have had a desk phone. They probably all had cell phones growing mm. up. Like maybe they didn't have a home phone anymore. Yep. So they come, they come into this <laughs> business environment and it seems kind of old to them. Like what is this device and how do I use it? Like that's changing. And, and that's something that we're trying to, as a company, truly trying to look at the advantages, how things are changing 
ultimately because we built our our, our own network, our own infrastructure, we, we pride ourselves as being uh, research in, in R&D company, right? Mm. So we're looking, we're playing how new communications is. But one thing that hasn't changed, it could change soon. The phone number is still a unique ID. Mm. It's still it's still a sacred number. We're easily, I could easily give you my Twitter address, my Instagram address. I may even give you my email address, but you know what? I'm not going to give you my, my phone number. Mm-hmm. I may not even give you my, ext- like I may not even give you my work number or my extension because you might just bother me there. Mm-hmm. So it's still, things may not change as fast as we think because of all these new communication uh, avenues, because it's still a unique number and people still in, in business in, communi- in business, communications is still key. It's very hard to make and create a new relationship over text messaging. You, it's very hard to sell someone on text messaging. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to make a sale either talking or in-face person when you can hear the voice and see the voice. Mm. So I, I, I see things still, still really reliant on voice communications. Don't get me wrong, instant messaging and all this Twitter, it's great for customer service. It's great for keeping a, creating a community and doing all that type of stuff. But when it comes down to business, stakeholders, C-level people, they love to talk on the phone still. And, and business is done talking, talking, talking to people. And you don't have to write things down. It's, it's still faster than Twitter. It's still faster than tweet, tweeting. I'm pretty sure I could do more than 160 characters right now. <laughs> I think you could too. I love it. Well, you know, it's it's it, it's an awesome point that you make. And uh, I was down in Boston um, talking to the the uh, the consulate, the Canadian consulate in Boston, on a business trip about a month ago, and we were talking about uh, we were talking about how to ultimately build an opportunity for us and um, and some clients in the Boston marketplace. And and uh, anyway. We were we were saying the consul's got this program, this program, this program, and we was kind of went on on all these things, and then, then ultimately the guy stopped. He says, "But but look, you got to understand the way it's really going to work consistently is if you're here." meeting and talking to people. And that just reinforces your point is, is that that's how we ultimately develop the relationship. Sorry, not develop it, but strengthen the relationship and add trustworthiness to the relationship. It's eyeball to eyeball or voice to voice. So critically, critically important. So I'm really pleased to hear you say that on the other side. And, Sorry, go ahead. And by the way, we're, we're doing a podcast, so yeah. it's pretty strong. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. And I have, you know, and I have made some good emotional connections with people on this, uh, on this podcast too. On the other side, you mentioned about also tie, making sure you're being open to the changing patterns that are coming up. I, uh, you've got young Jade. I've got three older kids, a uh, set of twins and, that are 18 and a, and a, and a boy and a girl and daughter who are, 22 right now but i remember one time my youngest daughter one of the twins she was being punished by taking her cell phone away from her and she's standing by the wall phone she at the house and she says well how am i gonna get a hold of my friends (laughs) 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 it's just no connection that that machine with one with one we once she could use but on what she's saying 
my friends don't use that stuff anymore. And so you got to be able to adapt to those needs with, with millennials and those that are coming on. So it's going to be an interesting uh, view. And I appreciate that, that the, the voice is going to be consistent, but how we ultimately nurture and develop those relationships with technology is, uh, is going to be interesting to watch. So appreciate that. So, um, you know, you're a, you're a runner and, uh, I don't run anymore. Um, uh, but, uh, when I did, you know, I found it useful for all kinds of, uh, reasons. What's the, what's kind of the, the main motivator for you running? So my, the main motivator for me to, when I started running, um, was to prove that I could do it. Mm. And just, to, just to go back a bit more, I, had both my Achilles repaired. Wow. It, yeah, in 2005. So me being, I guess, an A-type individual, I did, I did it. I didn't, I would tell my mom, I, I didn't want to get these just so I could walk. Yeah. Like the, the, this operation. I did this so I could live the lifestyle I wanted to. So it was more of an exercise to prove that I could get better and I could do things that I never did before. Uh, and that has morphed because I've done mar- half marathons. I've done marathons. Mm. It's morphed to more of a lifestyle and also a, a chance to really, I would say, unplug. Mm. I'm that runner that has no technology. I don't have, I have a $5 watch. I don't wear a GPS. Mm. I don't bring an MP3 or an MP. Uh, I don't bring music. Mm-hmm. I just run. I take it as an opportunity to not only exercise, maybe listen to my breathing, listen to the mm. world, smile at people. Mm. It's, 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 it's really a chance to, to unwind and disconnect. And it's also sort of meditative for me if I want to clear my mind because I spend most of the day working on email, thinking, strategizing. Mm. Oh my God, it just makes you go crazy. Mm. So it, uh, it gives me the balance to know that I have this and this is my time. Yes. Uh, and funny though when when my wife was pregnant i'm like i think i gotta run with a phone at least because what 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 if what if she what if she goes in labor is she gonna have to wait an hour before i get home this is is something i gotta think about now yeah well hey 20 years ago yes that's what happened she'd have to wait as you went off or you didn't go running one of the two exactly right so i love it though i love you go do you go daily I do not. I I I run now three days, three days a week. Um, when I train for a marathon, I usually go four or five days. Mm-hmm. So I'm balanced, though. The the other three days right now, I, I sort of work out. So uh, that's good for you, man. That's good for you. That's where I am right now. I, I it's, it hasn't been easy, but I'm still trying yeah, to get it in. Well, you, you'll figure <laughs> it out. You got you got a great attitude towards it, and and uh, you you want it all, and you're gonna have it all from that balanced perspective. Edwin, what's uh, what's been your biggest learning to date as as an entrepreneur? And I know there's been lots, but if there's one, when I say that, what's the thing that comes to your head first? I mean, that's a great question. I, uh, I would one one thing that came for me this year is the realization. I mean, one thing is to be an entrepreneur is really jumping in and, and going with your gut sometimes and learning the skills that it takes to close deals, to grow businesses, to build relationships. But one thing I really took home this year uh, is the fact that I love learning and I love the process of learning and and realizing as an entrepreneur, I, I have much to learn still. I'm 
I've, I've been doing it for 10, 11 years, but I feel like I have a lot of time to do it. And I you know I focus and listen to podcasts. I reach out to people in my community and, and you know, I benefit with through the Startup Canada community that way as well. Mm. And I read a lot of books and I just, my biggest learning is the love of learning and the process that entrepreneurship gives me to do that because there's always a new problem and there's definitely and nothing is impossible to solve. So mm. that, that's, that's what, that's one of my biggest learnings. Yeah, that's very insightful. And I, and, and you've learned that over a period of time, I'm sure. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I come from a very a world where I, you know, I, probably thought I knew everything, right? So, <laughs> and then you're realizing, oh, you know what? I really don't know yeah, anything. And actually, it's a great thing when you actually realize that because then you say, oh, geez, maybe else somebody else could do that for me because I don't know how to do it. And so dele- exactly. delegation becomes very, very paramount in it. So important, yes. Uh, let's talk quickly about Startup Canada. And um, uh, I, you are obviously a big fan of, of the organization and the community and so on. And, and so for those that that are listening to this podcast again um, uh, and who may have only, this is the only connection they have with, with, uh, with startup Canada and, and your, uh, your startup chats. What are some other things that you would suggest that our listeners do to become more engaged with the, the startup Canada community and the, and the, and the movement that they've got uh, happening? Oh yeah, no, that's a great question. And hundred percent rivers. I, uh, Totally supportive of the Startup Canada community. I was, I've been around it for over three years now. But if you're an entrepreneur, I, if you're looking to start up, you're looking to grow, Startup Canada has many communities that are plugged in, plugged in on the ground in real life mm. that you could go out and you could meet people. You could find out, A, you're probably not alone on your journey if you're just starting your journey. There are people out there that want to help. Um, if you and if you find yourself not in a community uh, in a community that does not have a startup Canada presence at this time, by the way, yes. because we are growing. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yep. And if, if you're I, interested, just on that side note, if you're interested in in uh, in having your community be part of the startup community network, which is now over thirty, uh, just go to startupcan.ca and you can find the community's uh, reference point there. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, the communities is a great initiative. You, you, get, you get to network through there. You get to meet friends and people who are doing the same thing. But what I was alluding to was you could always jump onto Twitter and jump on our Twitter chats, which is hashtag startup chats. And we, we host it twice a week. And I've been doing, I've done over 200 of these, 2 billion impressions. And I seem to learn something and meet someone new every time. I host it mm. and there's always new experts, new people on there. And I've met people that I've chatted with and it's amazing to just get on there and, and learn something. It's, it's time well spent. I don't know if you in the audience uh, noted that uh, little bit of competitive spirit coming out of Edwin when he said 2 billion impressions. <laughs> we just received the report from the, uh, from the Startup Canada folks, and uh, he gets over 2 billion impressions. And, it, and I'm, I'm sitting here with only 30,000-plus listeners. So uh, I love that we put that dig in there. Way to go, man. That's friendship right there. 
<laughs> yeah, it. it's fun stuff for sure. Uh, Edwin, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Um, what's, uh, let's pretend Jade is on your lap right now, and you have to impart upon her one word of wisdom. Sorry, not one word. One, one nugget of wisdom that you would uh, like her to carry for the rest of her entrepreneurial life. And you can't ever talk to her about with advice again. What are you going to tell Jade? I would tell Jade to go with your gut, follow your heart, and trust that you're doing the right thing. I can see you smiling by saying that, thinking about her on your lap saying that, man. I like that visualization. Yeah, you're brilliant. (laughs) You're a great friend. You're a great entrepreneur. And uh, I'm glad I'm on this, uh, this path with you, Edwin. It's been a real privilege and a pleasure to have you on our show today. My show, not yours. (laughs) But your show is, can you give us the dates and the, uh, sorry, the, the weekly connections for startup chats and how people can connect with you? Yeah, Startup Chats on Twitter, hashtag Startup Chats, Wednesdays and Fridays, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And he has a great selection of guests, amazing topics. And uh, and even if you just uh, want to add a question or two on top of that, I know the gang will, uh, will respond to that. So, um, look, uh, this has been Edwin Frondozo. He's the co-founder and CMO of Slingshot Voigt and host of Startup Chats, hashtag Startup Chats. Thanks again, my friend, and have an incredible, incredible day. Thank you. Thank you, Rivers. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Kylie Cho, founder of Chic Geek, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. What do you know today that you wish you had to know when you started? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got some really good advice when I was on that um, International Visitors Leadership Program hosted by the U.S. Department of State. This woman told me, she was like, you need to find the balance between doing the work that gets you seen and doing the work you love. Mm. So... When you apply this to Sheet Geek, sometimes doing the work that gets us seen is like applying for, you know, award applications for, you know, doing media pitches, um, talking with reporters. And so that's great, but it's it doesn't really it's not building our programs. It's not running our events. It's not the on the ground stuff, but we need to find a balance because that kind of work gets us seen. It gets us out in the community. It expands our reach. It creates kind of an inbound marketing effect for Chic Geek. 